Welcome to Building Charleston, a podcast where we shine a bright light on the dynamic companies changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine, and as your host each week, I'll be bringing you the most interesting business owners in the Lowcountry. We'll explore how they got to where they are, what they're working on, and what their vision is for the future of Charleston. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Building Charleston podcast, where we take a moment each week to meet the leaders changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine. I am the host of Building Charleston and the broker in charge at Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Lowcountry's premier commercial real estate company representing Charleston's office, industrial, and retail tenants with their commercial leases. We're recording this podcast on April 29th, 2019. The topic of the day is technology. My understanding is the goal of technology is to make our lives better. That means technology should be making the hard tasks in our lives easier, the long tasks in my life shorter, and the fun tasks in my life a little bit more enjoyable. That said, I'm sure every listener has encountered a case where the opposite has happened and technology just got in the way. What I was impressed with when I started working with today's guest is his sober view of technology and how it can be used to make business and our jobs more efficient without getting in the way. So without further ado, today's guest is Tom Shakti from Patton and Shakti. Tom, welcome to the Building Charleston podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Tom, thank you very much for being here. For the listeners, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the background of what your company does? Sure, yeah. So I'm 27 years old. I am a Charleston native. I moved back to Charleston just about two years ago from New Orleans. I started out as a freelance web designer after graduating from college. I was bartending at the time, and I knew that wasn't like a, something that I wanted to continue doing as a career. And uh, yeah, started designing websites, started building a portfolio in that, and began to build a small business that evolved into what is now called Patton and Shakti. We focus now on app development, partnering with established businesses uh, to create applications that make their lives easier, make business happen more effectively, and increase their efficiency. Well, as technology becomes more and more uh, you know, part of our life, there's obviously more and more people who are going to need your business. Looking at you know, the fact that you're a local guy who was raised here, you went away, and now you came back. What was it that drew you from New Orleans back to Charleston? Well, you know, it's funny, I, I think of Charleston and New Orleans are very similar cities in a lot of ways. It's like a less wild, a little bit more, it's like, it's like New Orleans with rules is the way that I think about it. <laughs> um, so, you know, 
it wasn't it wasn't too much of a shift. But what brought me back actually was uh, my dad unexpectedly died in 2017, and mm-hmm. you know I was I was working at home, so I had the ability to just kind of quickly move back and start to handle affairs and everything like that. And Charles is not a bad place to be, you know. So I I you know decided since then to continue to you know settle down here for the time being and grow my business. So you were in a unique position. You saw what Charleston was like for a real long time, and then you kind of moved away during a period when, when there was a lot of change for those for those years you were gone. What was the biggest thing that you noticed in terms of a change when you moved back to Charleston? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was gone for seven years, and I think I missed most of that sort of initial boom of growth in the city. When I left, I, I was a teenager, you know, I went off to college, and I guess, that, you know, for one, my perspective on the city was way different. There was a lot of growth that I was experiencing, you know, I just became an adult. So I think part of that was, you know, when I came back, I had different interests, you know, I was kind of exploring Charleston more and, and going out and, you know, going to the beach, going out at night and things like that. So it's become a, you know, like there's, there's a, the, the city is just larger. There are more parts of it to explore. I still feel like there are areas that I haven't even really gotten to know yet. You know, um, all sorts of areas in North Charleston, even Mount Pleasant, like there, there are some areas that I'm not that familiar with. So it's cool to, to be from Charleston and to still see that there are, you know, new things to, to see and do. Yeah. Well, you're, you're in a unique city where there's a lot of change and you're in a, you know, unique uh, industry where there's a lot of te- change. You know, technology is always changing by, you know, partly by definition. Why did you get into the technology industry? As a kid growing up, I was always interested in the internet and a lot of time on it, mainly playing video games back in the day, but I was also just interested in computers, how how they worked, just learning all sorts of things on YouTube and, and Wikipedia. You know, I just saw it as this vast collection of, of information. And, you know, I wasn't really entrepreneurial growing up, but I always wanted to do my own thing. I always wanted to kind of forge my own path. And I knew that the internet was a tool that would allow me to do that, that I could, you know, access all sorts of resources, all sorts of information that could, you know, allow me to build skills that could turn into, you know, a profession and at this point, you know, a business. And it's been an evolution, um, you know, gone from like freelance web design to small app development company and yeah i don't i I suspect that that evolution will continue but yeah that's uh that's pretty much the the tech origin story okay (laughs) so as it's evolved you know who are your your typical customers are they are they big companies are they startups are they just in charleston or do you service companies all over the country i started working in new orleans and that was initially where i found most of my business i still work with some companies there and i've been building my client base here in Charleston as well. Generally, we like to work with established businesses rather than startups. And as far as the size of the business goes, you know, I'm not too specific on that sophistication. But for me, you know, the specific customers are like business owners or decision makers in businesses that have been in business. They understand their industry well, and they understand the power of technology but they don't have any sort of technical wing of their company. They don't have like an IT department. They don't have, you know, developers on their team. 
And so for any implementation of technology, they're looking for a partner outside of their organization. Interesting. One of the challenges of, of hosting a podcast is is trying to draw out all those, you know, a lot of the value that some of the guests, you know, have. And and I've known mm-hmm. Tom for really since I just, you know, since I moved down to the Charleston area. And there's he's just a he's a, he's a wealth of information. He's, I use the term sober in in the introduction. That's really what it is. It's, the, it's probably the one word I can kind of capture to to that captures what you know Tom represents to me. So I, in in trying to draw out some of this you know wealth of information that Tom has, I put together a series of questions that I call lessons to be learned with technology because this is the, this is where I've learned the most from you. So we're going to go through a couple of questions, and I know myself, and hopefully the podcast listeners will be really interested to hear your 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 thoughts. But the first question is a question on startups. What's the biggest mistake a tech startup can make when it comes to their initial build? That's a good question. You know, something that comes up a lot in in startup culture, something that's preached a lot in startup culture is idea validation. All right, that you have to, you know, when you when you are working on your idea, that's the first thing you want to do is, is test it, start to validate it, confirm that what you're thinking about building is going to be something that's valuable. I think that a lot of times that that can get lost after there's sort of this initial validation period. A lot of times, you know, the the big idea will evolve. It will, you know, there will be iterations of of exactly what the concept is of, of the product or, or, you know, that thing that you're building. And so having that idea validation be continual, having like additional touch points along the project where, you know, you're you're continuing to validate that idea can be really, really helpful. So I guess the mistake would be not continuing to to validate, not continuing to ensure that what you're building is going to be useful. And along with that, not thinking about sales from the start, kind of putting sales off until you're getting to the point where your products actually develop. I think you should be you should be selling while you're building. You know, you should be selling before before launch. I think that's a that's a mistake a lot of people can make is kind of putting that wow. off until they've got something done. If anyone was doubting whether uh, this man is a wealth of knowledge, you knocked it out of the park on that one. So you're <laughs> one for one. The good news is that was awesome. The bad news is you can only only go downhill from here. I'm, I'm just <laughs> that was. Excellent insight. And from someone who's been in the industry, I've learned those lessons the hard way. So, you know, continuous validation and it's never too early to focus on sales. So question number two, you know, startups, you get the hype, but it's the small and the medium-sized businesses that drive the economy. What's the biggest mistake a a small to medium-sized company can make when when choosing their technology? I would say it's, you know, it's about like the the mistake is making that decision alone. The, The mistake is like a business owner trying to focus on you know, making that choice and, and taking that responsibility on on their own when that shouldn't be their burden to bear. You know, like getting an outside opinion or, or having somebody on your team that's responsible for that who serves like as a CTO or has a similar role is key because I think, you know, a lot of times business owners can get caught. You know, they should be ste- they, they should be steering the ship. They shouldn't be like fixing the engine that that propels the ship right if we're, if we're thinking of the business as a, a a metaphor for a ship yet choosing the technology or, or working on the technology that shouldn't be their main focus so i'd say yeah the mistake is like making those types of decisions on what technology choices are being made doing that on their own wow interesting okay great answer what is the biggest opportunity to exploit technology 
for a growing company? For this, you know, I mean, like, like I think one thing that technology has allowed us to do is to work in new ways. We're seeing how companies, the, the concept of a company is, is evolving and we're seeing less about how, you know, everyone has to be collected in one place. You don't necessarily have to do that. And so I'd say, you know, like for a growing company to exploit technology, they need to start considering how they can be using remote work to, you know, bring in new employees or, you know, to hire a virtual assistant to execute on the sort of menial, like day-to-day tasks to, you know, allowing their current employees having processes and procedures in place that allow them to work from home or while they're traveling. And so a lot of that is using communication technologies or building a remote, you know, building an entirely remote team that, you know, helps with certain types of tasks. You know, I think that's, that's the type of thing that growing companies can be, you know, leveraging to, to help them scale. Great. Three questions, three home runs. Let's see if you can make a four for yeah. four. What is the most common mistake that you see that's easy to fix? This one might not even be answerable, but is there something that you see people just make, a mistake that you see people and companies make repeatedly that, that, you, that has an easy fix to it? I'm not sure if there is one, but one thing that comes to mind is kind of security related. Don't use dumb passwords for things. Like don't don't use like easy, simple passwords. And to build off of that, you know, if you have, if you're a business and you have a lot of sensitive information stored online, you should probably have a security audit happening like on a regular basis. That just kind of gives you some some peace of mind, knowing that everything is stored securely. Everything, it, you know, is, is right where it needs to be. If there are any vulnerabilities, you know, you're exposing yourself to them and you're fixing them rather than that blowing up in your face when you least expect it and when you've got like a hundred other things to deal with. So yeah, that's, that's what I would say is like the easy fix for businesses. Great. Sometimes the easiest ones are the best. Next question. What's an easy solution or a hack that many people overlook in their business when it comes to technology? Yeah. I mean the, you know, the, the sort of like hack terminology always kind of gets me kind of, kind of grinds my gears, I guess. Okay. Because in my opinion, I don't think there's really like too many hacks for, for people, you know, that to use technology. I don't, I don't know how to say that. I might have to, I might have to restate it's, that. It's a, it's, it's a fair answer. It's something that every company I think uh, wishes, wishes was out there. They, everyone wishes there was an easy solution, but um, right. you know, maybe, maybe there isn't one all the time. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair question. But I, but fair I would say, I, I would say, you know, something that's simple that I think not many businesses are taking advantage of as far as, you know, just like leveraging technology goes is being on social media and like actually being active on social media, you know, documenting, you know, your day-to-day procedures in business, you know, just like giving sort of helpful tips, putting that kind of stuff out there. I think that's something that a lot of, a lot of businesses overlook or they have really basic strategies for where they can, you know, they have the opportunity to really be educating and kind of grooming their customers and, and giving them a lot of value through social media. So I think that would be my sort of simple solution that I think a lot of people in business are overlooking. 
Awesome. All right. So the last question, the lessons to be learned with technology. Is there a technology on the horizon that isn't really talked about that you think everyone should be aware of? I think it's like already here and maybe less on the horizon, but already already kind of happening. That's voice technology. And we're, you know, we're seeing how it's coming into our day-to-day lives. And I think, you know, the consumer is starting to understand how interactions with, with, uh, voice devices such as, you know, Amazon's Echo products or, you know, like AirPods with, you know, like just interacting with Siri or Alexa, they can get a lot of their tasks done a lot more efficiently than they could if they were like typing something out. And so once the majority of consumers understand that, I think we're going to see a lot of growth in voice. And transportation is another one that I think is going to be revolutionized very soon here. I mean, we're seeing a lot of that happen. Tesla and their announcement of their fully automated driverless software that's going to then, you know, they're going to be competing now with like Uber and Lyft. So I think that's going to get, get really interesting re- really quickly. Very cool. Well, that, that was a good section there. Thank you very much. for Those were awesome answers. So now a little treat for you and, and, and the, the podcast listeners. Three fun questions. The first one is way out of left field. Is Bitcoin an asset? Is it a technology or is it both? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin. We could we could really open up a can of worms here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if we want to if we want to keep it simple, I mean, you know, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency that is, you know, cryptocurrency. I guess is defined as like a digital asset, right? The technology involved is blockchain. Like blockchain is the technology that allows Bitcoin to exist. Blockchain is really interesting, and I think that's another area, you know, a kind of cryptocurrency specifically, there was a lot of hype around that in 2017 and into early 2018. It's kind of died down a bit, but yeah, I think that's an area where, you know, blockchain technology is going to continue to, uh, we're going to continue to see some innovation happening there, not necessarily even in just the sort of cryptocurrency ways that there can, you know, I think there there. are applications outside of finance that, that blockchain can be really helpful for. But yeah, again, we could, I think that's a whole another podcast episode there. <laughs> a whole separate uh, podcast. All right. Season, season two, we'll have you back. <laughs> we'll, we'll unpack that can of worms. All right. Question number two, what's the most fun project you've built that you, that you can share with us online? Yeah. Well, so this actually is my segue because um, we, so we had, <laughs> we had this idea for a WordPress plugin that is blockchain related. It's called WordSteam and it allows people that have WordPress blogs to publish their posts directly to the Steam blockchain. And Steam is this this social media based blockchain. It, the way that I think about it is essentially it's like medium, but you know, like on a, a blockchain and um, it allows people to earn cryptocurrency for writing, you know, articles. And so, yeah, we just created this, this plugin that allows people that are already writing articles on their WordPress websites to publish that directly to the Steam blockchain and start earning cryptocurrency that they can then theoretically sell and, and turn into actual dollar bills. So that's like cool. the, the fun project that we've been working on. <laughs> That's good. That's, that was the question. What's the most fun? I'm sure we all have our projects that we don't like to talk about, but that's, that sounds pretty cool. What's your, what's your take on the 
tech startup scene here in Charleston? Is it friendly? Is it growing? Is it both? Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I think it's a it's a really good group of of uh, friendly folks here in the Charleston startup scene. There's a lot of various experience, and almost everyone's happy to give their advice, and that's been really nice. Like anyone that's you know looking, you know that that maybe doesn't have much of a tech background but has ideas. The Charleston startup community is very welcoming to to all sorts of different people. And uh, one of the, one, a great event that happens monthly is the local startup grind here. They'll have like different business owners talk about kind of like their origin story. And it usually brings a, a pretty diverse group of people. So yeah, it's it's been great getting to know those folks. Interesting. All right. I like it. Those were, again, another, another set of great answers. So we'll get back to business for a little bit here. If I'm listening to this podcast, I'm thinking, you know, hmm, I think this guy can help my business. I'm not sure. What kind of questions should a business owner be asking about their technology needs? Yeah, so the place that I like to start with a potential client is with their vision that they have for their business. A lot of times, you know, a a potential client will come to me with an idea for something. And the first thing I want to do is understand what their business is and what their vision is for their business, where they want to go. And then how that idea that they have for this piece of technology fits into that vision. How is it going to help them get with where they want to be going? And so, yeah, the question that, that is great for a, you know, a business owner to really have an understanding of uh, before we meet is like, you know, where do I want to be in three years or where do I want to be in five years? And how does that relate to you know, this technology that I'm looking at or this idea that I have for technology. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, if you can start to kind of think about how those two things intersect, how, you know, like the growth of your business and this idea for, you know, incorporating technology into it, how those can work together and be symbiotic, that's the type of thinking that is really helpful. Okay. I'm never against a, a shameless plug and, and having known Tom for a while here, I can tell you that he can go real deep on just about all of these and he's probably just keeping a very high level for the podcast, which is, which is important. Time is, <laughs> but again, not, not against a shameless plug. If a, if a listener does want to reach out and learn more from you, how, how would they do it? What's the best course of action? Either connecting on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, even Instagram or Twitter, uh, where you can find me as Tom Shakti. And I think we're connected on, on all that good stuff. If we're not, we're about to be. Then also email is great, Tom at P-A-T-S-C-H dot studio is my email address. So either one of those work. Okay, awesome. And one final question that I like to ask everyone before we wrap up. Tell me, you know, your words, what, what's your vision for the Charleston area as it continues to grow? Man, that, that's, a, that's a good final one. I feel like I'm a contestant on like Miss America. <laughs> or, or, you there know, are no like wrong that. answers. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Charleston here. <laughs> Charleston's really doing well. You know, like the city's growing. I guess like the one thing that I hope for is that, you know, we're, we can continue to sustain that growth, continue to, you know, build an infrastructure that will allow the city to flourish. But, you know, I don't really know if I have a specific vision for Charleston. I'm focused on sorting myself out, uh, continuing to deliver results for my clients, embracing the adventures of life, and being the best version of myself. And uh, hopefully that can make Charleston a better place too. That's awesome. Great insight. 
Thank you for being a guest. At this point, I typically wrap up with the Building Charleston pro tip. This week, Tom, you may have heard Tom hit on it, you know, once or twice in some of his answers. But my pro tip this week is to is to keep it simple. Whether you're a startup building your first app or you're a large company rolling out some new CRM that's going out to you know, multiple offices and whatnot, your customers and your employees are not big on change. No matter how cool or powerful you think your tech stack is, if your target audience can't understand what you've built, they're never going to use it. A personal lesson from my past, I built a product that was really, really powerful. And, and during the sales effort, after a one-hour demo from one of my skilled sales reps, my clients were in awe. They were just floored. And we had a ton of signups. Then a curious thing happened. They would call us up repeatedly and, and ask, you know, how do I use this thing again? And then they would just stop using the product because it was way too complicated. Really, really awesome product, but just way overbuilt. That was my error. I overbuilt a product. No one wants to feel like an idiot, least of all, admit that they don't know how to use a product. They'll simply stop using it, and then you'll be left with a userless product. That doesn't help anybody. Our solution was to cut 90% of the functionality. We kept it simple. And after that, that's when our user uh, growth really started to take off. I wish someone had told me about this pro tip about four years ago. If only I had met someone like Tom back then to get me on a, a quicker path to success. Anyways, now you know. That's my pro tip. If you do like this episode and you want to hear more, please like our podcast and subscribe. The Building Charleston podcast publishes each week, and we have a lot more exciting interviews that are on deck. Also, if you're a business in the low country and you're looking to expand or relocate your business, or if you're listening to the podcast from somewhere outside the Charleston area and you're considering moving your business to the low country, please give us a call, 843-508-3038. Or you can email me personally, Matt at LaneProp. That's Matt at L-A-I-N-E-P-R-O-P dot com. I'm happy to show you what it takes to grow your business here in the Charleston area. So with that, thank you one last time to Tom Shakti from Pat and Shakti. Thank you to the listeners for downloading and tuning in. Go out there, everyone, and make it a great day. Thanks. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com.